Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ball Blast Podcast. I am your host, Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And as always on Tuesday, I am joined by the fantastic Matthew Betts, our injury specialist here at Ball Blast Football. You can follow him on Twitter at the Fantasy PT. Follow all of his work over at BallBlastFootball.com with the Fantasy Footballers. Uh, he does a fantastic job. We've got the injury tracker up on the site so awesome. I, I absolutely love uh, having that quick reference there. Betts, welcome into the show. Kate, thank you so much. Uh, I feel like... We've got a lot of terrible things yeah, to talk about. Yeah, I was going to say, I want to be positive today, but I feel like I just can't because uh, we suffered, or not we, but <laughs> the fantasy community lost uh, one of, I think, a, a top 10 quarterback for several years to come, which we'll talk about soon. But yeah, the injury tracker is updated throughout the week. You know, with just so much going on, it's tough to kind of keep it updated on a um, a daily basis. But usually every two days, I go in there and make a couple changes. So if you're looking for some quick hitting injury updates, that's where you can find that. It's at the top menu of the homepage at ballblastfootball.com. It's a, it's a pretty cool site, if I do say so myself. Whoever um, designed it, I mean, it is just, it's beautiful. It's straight fire. Um, but seriously, guys, if you haven't checked out the site, uh, we've got so much great content. We've got an amazing staff of writers who uh, just are busy little beavers uh, creating content so you can win your fantasy football leagues. Uh, they are amazing. I want to dive into the injuries. I don't want to dive into the injuries, but... Before we do, I want to talk about my front page story. So excited to be partnering with this team again. Uh, they put out an absolutely awesome product. It is the holiday season again, and we need to come up with some uh, excellent gift ideas for our families, especially given the nature of the current pandemic. Uh, you need to find as many ways to be close to your loved ones as possible, and you need to Show them how much you care about them. There is no better way to do that than with myfrontpagestory.com. You go there. You literally are interviewed by a journalist for like 10 to 15 minutes about your loved one. They will pull some awesome quotes. And then guess what? They literally build a front page of a newspaper for you uh, with a story about your loved one. So um, you, you do that. You give it to them on Christmas or you ship it however you are spending your holidays this year, and you wait for that Skype call or that FaceTime with the tears because oh, the it, tears. it's because it's beautiful. And you know what? I'm sorry. We don't tell our loved ones that we love them enough. This is the perfect way to do it. And we have a 20% discount for our listeners. All we have to do is put in the promo code BLAST20. Again, that's promo code BLAST20, myfrontpagestory.com. And you get 20% off of what could be the greatest gift you will ever give. Uh, Bets, who are you getting one for this year? When you're like, you're doing that read, all I thought about was my mom. Like she literally loves <laughs> these personal heartfelt gifts. And, you know, like in today's world, I feel like we all just have so much stuff. 
this is a great way to give a gift to a loved one that will, you know, truly appreciate it. So I'm picturing my mom opening it and just immediately bursting out into tears, which she does almost every year for any gift she gets, <laughs> but most certainly this one. So yeah, it's, it's a great value and a, you know, just a great way to show someone that you care about them this holiday season. I love it. Myfrontpagestory.com, promo code BLAST20 for 20% off of the best gift you will ever give your mom, dad. I, tell a funny story about your parents and how they, uh, they they did something goofy for you or how you did something goofy for them. Um, like my story for my mom would have certainly been the time that I thought it was a great uh, April Fool's Day prank to uh, put shaving cream on all of the mirrors in our house. Not sure why, <laughs> but that would totally be a story that I would love to retell in one of those things because you know it's going to make them laugh and take them back in time. Everybody, again, that's myfrontpagestory.com, promo code BLAST20. All right, Bets, let's get into the horrific injury that I don't want to talk about, but we have to talk about Joe Burrow. He is done for the year. I uh, went down uh, awkwardly against the uh, Washington football team on Sunday, almost immediately ruled out. You knew it was bad, carted off. Um, but it looks like uh, the damage is a bit more than we expected. Uh, initially, the team had come out to say, you know, we, we fear it's a torn ACL. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the announcement that was made yesterday and, and sort of why that should be concerning for uh, Joe Burrow, maybe to start the next season. Yeah, for sure. The initial reports were, you know, of, of course, and, and everyone knows at this point, like people are getting smarter about injury analysis and like what they see that you knew the ACL was torn based off the mechanism of injury, based off the way his knee kind of collapsed inward. But the hyperextension of the knee usually causes additional damage in the knee and you can get a couple different injuries. One of those specifically is a PCL injury, which is essentially the the little brother, so to speak, to the ACL, but still very important to the knee's function. Yeah, it's just they're best friends, but they're probably sending <laughs> front, my front page stories to each other. Um, <laughs> they are they work close together, but kind of serve opposite purposes. But regardless, still really important for the health and stability of the knee. When you have a hyperextension mechanism of injury with your foot planted on the ground, that is a structure that is always of concern. And at the same time, the meniscus inside the knee joint is a is a concern as well. And we didn't get initial reports right away that it was the uh, those structures involved. But last night during Monday Night Football, Adam Schefter came out and said at halftime during the updates that Joe Burrow tore his ACL and his MCL, which we already knew, but there's also additional damage to his PCL and his meniscus. And so for a player that does, that's this young, who is the franchise player, who's going to be around the NFL for 10 plus years, hopefully, um, those structures are all going to be repaired. You know, in, in your casual weekend warrior type of, of athlete, so to speak, you know, you and I, Kate, they may not repair all those structures because you can still function without them being repaired in surgery. But for a high-level athlete, you need those surgery, those surgeries to kind of get that stability back in the knee. So, yeah, you know, it's it's a bummer that we're getting this information now. But there was also concerns initially that you know Schefter said and others that there was you know quote structural damage, and you always wonder like what does that mean? It, it just tells you there's other stuff going on. But the bottom line that our listeners need to know, and this is specifically important for dynasty players, if you're looking out to 2021, I have a strong uh, belief that he will not be ready for week one. These surgeries in and of themselves, if it's just an ACL, 
The average recovery timeline is about nine months, so we're already pushing that anyway, given that he's going to have surgery in December. And now you add in this multi-ligament surgery with the meniscus. It's just a very, very slow process, and the rehab usually isn't as straightforward as it is for an ACL. So I have concerns about his week one availability. I do think he plays in 2021. You know, I'm not saying he's not going to, but I just think it's going to be a little while before he's 100%. Hopefully he's playing behind a better offensive line by the time he is healthy enough to return. Kyler Murray on Thursday night football suffered a right shoulder strain, uh, AC joint sprain. It looks like labeled as week to week. Are we expecting him to miss any time? Uh, you know, he was playing through the injury. He suffered that relatively early on in the game. And, um, you know, we just saw him sort of keeping things warm and, uh, using hot packs, throwing on the sideline. He didn't really take much of a rest on that shoulder. Um, are you worried about the, the, throwing shoulder moving forward because it is a strong shoulder correct it is yeah it's his right shoulder as of now i'm not too concerned this seems to be pretty mild now typically though what you'll see is that players can play through the injury in the game and we saw this with sam darnold a few weeks back if you recall and then he was ruled out the next week now i'm not saying that's what's going to happen with kyler murray but you do want to monitor the practice reports this week because even a mild ac joint injury can take you know, one to two weeks to heal. And he'll be kind of pushing that two week timeline by the time he gets out there about 10 days or so after the injury. So I do believe he plays. I suspect that if he does play, he'll probably be in a little bit of pain this week. But long term, there isn't really a huge concern for me right now. I do think we see Kyler Murray here in week 12. Yeah, it was actually sort of interesting. I was expecting after he suffered that injury uh, and we became aware of that, that we might see him less involved in the run game. But he actually was uh, still running the ball. I would have preferred he'd take fewer hits there, but uh, you know what? The the Cardinals are going to Cardinal. Um, let's talk <laughs> about uh, my hometown guy, Juju Smith-Schuster, stepped on a referee's flag and very visibly annoyed as soon as he did so because he rolled his ankle. Um, it, it was a, sort of a weird, uh, a, a weird injury because in the initial post-game conference, uh, Tomlin mentioned that it was a toe injury and it was he was fine. Um, they are in a short week uh, with the Thanksgiving uh, Thursday night football game. Are you concerned at all for uh, what, like, we didn't get any, you know, word that it's necessarily a high ankle sprain, which we know is worse. Um, any concern that this will limit it in the coming week? I do think we see Juju on the injury report throughout the week. He was on the report yesterday on Monday. Um, but like you said, you know, I, I do believe he plays. This is a short week, which is not ideal given this type of injury with the ankle sprain. Um, you know, most research says that you need at least one week to recover from this, but these guys are going to play. They're going to play probably with tape on the ankle and potentially uh, a brace to kind of help provide some extra stability. But by all accounts, this seems pretty minor for Juju. I do think we see him play and I think he can still be effective. Love it. Julio Jones, uh, the centerpiece of our offenses, uh, got off to a really hot, hot start this year, but he's been sort of banged up um, coming in and out of the lineup. And uh, he did the same on Sunday with a hamstring injury, tried to keep that that hamstring nice and stretched out. But that's been an issue for him all season long. Uh, are we worried that he's going to miss some time? Yeah, I, I am worried he's going to miss some time. You know, Julio, we talked about him on the show before, has been on the report because of his hamstring issues already this season. And, you know, for a guy that relies on speed to win in the NFL, that's that's a problem. Now, Julio is as tough as they come. He's going to push to play, and we've seen that throughout the year. But sometimes it's not ideal, right? Sometimes you want these guys to take a couple extra weeks to get their hamstring healed. And, you know, it's week 12. Like, I just don't know if Julio is going to be the same Julio 
in the time that we care about that we need him right down the stretch here for the fantasy playoffs I, I highly doubt it so long term looking you know forward into next season I'm not that concerned about Julio he's he's Julio Jones but in the short term you definitely need to plan to be without him this week and if he is out there this week he is most certainly not 100% so lots of concern for the passing attack there in Atlanta and you know as we've seen earlier this year Matt Ryan has struggled significantly without Julio Jones in the lineup so if you are a Matt Ryan manager also something to consider all right now question for you we're heading into the fantasy football playoffs this is prime time uh let's say your trade your trade deadline is this week um maybe you're in a dynasty league are you comfortable shipping off julio jones for an asset that might give you some viability uh through the final weeks of the season is there uh is there any like merit to the concern that um, he, you know, even if active could, could be hurting you in your starting lineup, would you consider that at all? Yeah, hundred percent because, you know, Julio's a guy that, like I said, he'll push to play, but the smart thing for the Falcons, right? Like they have nothing to play for right now in terms of their postseason, would be to not, you know, put this guy in jeopardy for further injuring his hamstring and, and worsening kind of his, um, his outlook in the future. So yeah, there's a real possibility that if he is out there, He's more used as like a decoy or he's used in select packages where he's like inside the 20 and that's pretty much it. And in that case, you're just hoping and praying for a touchdown. And if he doesn't get that, you could potentially be, you know, out of luck. So I do think that's a pretty smart play. I have Julio in a bunch of leagues because the discount this offseason, you know, when a guy turns 30, everyone freaks out uh, was great. So I have him on a bunch of dynasty rosters and I'm certainly facing that decision myself this morning, floating a few trade offers out there to see if I can get a better win now piece. Tough one, tough one. Uh, let's talk about Randall Cobb out three plus weeks with a left toe injury. Uh, it's been described as significant, was already ruled out for week 12. So, you know, that's not great. They are on a short week, but uh, the expectation is that he'll be on injured reserve. Um, does like how significantly does this bump up the stock of Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks? Because these guys were already, uh, I feel like, sort of underrated in this season. Um, what, like, what does this mean for, for the Texans moving forward? Are you concerned about, uh, that impacting Deshaun Watson? What are you thinking? No, I don't think it impacts those guys too much. Like you said, they've just been so good as is. I'm not sure their ceiling could get that much higher. You know, Will Fuller and, and Brandon Cooks, uh, I'm getting like start sick questions about these guys. And it's like, you know, they've earned every week's start. Yep. consideration or just lock him in your lineup basically with how good Deshaun Watson has been right like in the games without uh, Bill O'Brien he's been a top 10 quarterback in five of six weeks so when he's playing that well you're going to play as pass catchers and you know you don't even think twice about it but to answer your question how it affects the rest of the team I think you know a really sneaky type of situation that you could see play out is we see way more usage from the tight ends Darren Fells Jordan Akins and then also don't forget about Kiki QT do you remember that name Kate I do. I was a, a very big Kiki QT fan uh, before he fell off the face of the earth. Um, but yeah, between between Randall Cobbs and Kenny still out with a quad injury, there's there's going to be some volume to to roll around. Uh, you know, we we still have David Johnson on IR for the concussion. Um, you know, they Duke Johnson. I'm sorry, he's just not a guy that can carry an offense. So. You know they're going to be relying on the passing game. I would absolutely love to see a Kiki QT resurgence. Me too. He's going to play on Thursday. So, you know, no Randall Cobb. We also have Kenny Stills, which we'll talk about 
I guess now, uh, dealing with a quad injury, and he doesn't look like he's going to play. So you could see a three-wide receiver set of Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, and Kiki QT. If you're playing DFS on Thursday, um, he's probably a guy in play, but I think it's probably a little too early for us to roll Kiki QT out into our starting lineups in season-long leagues. But I am intrigued as a, a waiver-wire pickup to see what unfolds there because, like you, I was a huge Kiki truther and then just was so sad when he became <laughs> yeah just not even not even in uh the active lineup for game day it hurts uh last but not least let's talk about rex burkhead uh also tore his acl he's out for the season running back for the new england patriots um not not an exciting thing rex burkhead was uh playing quite well this season he was uh you know scoring touchdowns he was utilized in the passing game now we have uh, what might be perhaps a simpler backfield. Um, we had Sony Michelle activated from IR this week, but he was not active. Uh, so essentially, this you know hopefully opens things up for Damian Harris, James White. Who do you think gets the biggest benefit from the absence of Rex Burkhead? And like, is James White somebody we should be diving in on? It probably depends on your roster. Like if you're desperate for, you know, a bench running back that's an RB3 on your roster, then yeah, sure. Go ahead and add a James White to your lineup. I can't really put him in my starting lineup though yet. I think to me, the biggest boost here is just to Damian Harris and, and Damian Harris alone because we saw Rex Burkhead getting used a little bit more when they would get kind of close to the goal line and inside the 20. And Damian Harris, you know, he's not a guy that catches passes, right? So we need him to be scoring touchdowns for us to be really excited about his ceiling in fantasy. So I think Damian Harris is probably the biggest winner, so to speak. But we also can't forget that Sonny Michelle was activated off of IR last week. He was, of course, rolled out for the game. But I do expect him to be active now every week. And we know how frustrating it can be sometimes with these running backs in, in the Patriots' backfield. So Sonny Michelle will probably see some playing time. James White, a small bump. But then to me, Damian Harris probably the biggest bump. All right. Well, is there anything else? Oh, shoot. Yeah, we got uh, a couple other ones. Yeah, we got a couple <laughs> other ones. Oh, my goodness. Bets, you gave me the injury list, and I didn't scroll all the way down. We had more injuries than I thought we did. Oh, goodness. This is this is 2020. Philip Rivers, right ankle sprain. We saw him hobbled throughout the game. Uh, we saw him sort of come in, come out. They went into overtime. He went into the locker room. It, clearly, they were, you know, doing some, like, in-game management for him to just sort of get him through those drives. Um any concern for his availability in the coming week or um, anything else that might impact some of the other playmakers on that team? No, not really. You know, Philip Rivers is a guy that clearly isn't uh, very mobile, <laughs> obviously, at this stage of his career. Um, so no. if this is more of a running quarterback. Yeah, I know. Right. It's a shocker. Uh, you might be a little more concerned about their rushing viability. But for a guy like Philip Rivers, who's a statue in the pocket. It's not a huge concern. He'll be fine. He'll be effective. Um, this is kind of just more maintenance throughout the week. I expect to see him on the injury report with some limited reps, but by all accounts, no real concerns for his availability uh, on Sundays. Love it. Uh, Michael P. Ryan, uh, running back for the New York Jets, uh, side hand man to Frank Gore, the tank who never stops moving. Uh, this guy is just uh, Frank Gore. You got to give it to him, man. Like, <laughs> He is just, he can't be beat. He can't be beat. He's uh, playing so many uh, games. Like you you would just, you would think he'd be injured more. I just can't believe it. But of course, He's it's Michael Pirine who comes in with a high ankle sprain. Wasn't used much in week 11. Uh, Frank Gore's the guy. They love 
love Frank Gore there in the Jets system. Um, but it's a high ankle sprain. We know that uh, these take a, a bit while, a bit longer to recover from. Going to be on IR. With thoughts on Frank Gore moving forward? Oh, man. I mean, you have to be absolutely desperate <laughs> running back <laughs> to, to sign Frank Gore off waivers and put him in your lineup. Now, you know, he's a running back in the NFL, and, and we all need them. He's going to get probably 15-plus touches every week, and we know Adam Gase doesn't make optimal decisions. I'll, I'll just say that, and we can move on because I'm sure we have strong feelings about that. Um, it, you know, it's kind of funny. I was... I was looking on Twitter this morning and I saw Mike Leone of Establish the Run post his uh, like pass rate over expectation graph every week. And basically it looks at like which teams are throwing the ball more than they necessarily quote unquote should or what you know, you would usually expect. And the Jets are just like so far down at the bottom that it's not even Dead funny. Last. So I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, come on, man. So he's going to get the football. They're going to run the ball of Frank Gore. It's fine. It's totally fine. I don't really want him, but. He is going to start and he is going to get the football. He is a running back. <laughs> that is it. He is a running back. All right. Last but not least, for real this time, let's talk about Greg Olson. Ruptured plantar fascia out three to six weeks. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Has he had this injury before? Because it seems like death, taxes, and Greg Olson foot injuries are the certainties in life. He did. He had this actually after his foot surgery uh, a couple of years ago while he was still in Carolina, if you guys recall that. He had the, the Jones fracture surgery and then had the, the ruptured plantar fascia on that foot. This is now the other side, so the opposite foot. Um, yeah, it's tough, you know, for Greg Olson. Like, this certainly is likely his last year in the NFL, but he's not done. And the reason I say that is because you can return to play with a tear in your plantar fascia. It depends on you know, how big the tear is, you know, how, you know, how significant is it, all those sort of things. But regardless, it's actually one of those injuries that you can play on after it's torn. You have to rehab it correctly and you have to give it time to heal, but you can still play. So for Greg Olson, you know, I doubt we see him anymore in the fantasy football season, but assuming the Seahawks make the playoffs, we could see Greg Olson back out there in January. So just kind of something to monitor if you are a Seahawks fan or if you're looking to play some DFS in January. Love it. Okay, last but not least, I have one more question for you. If you are in need of a tight end option, uh, who are you willing to to place your fab on this week? Is it Will Disley or is it Jacob Hollister, uh, both for the Seattle Seahawks? It's tough because it seems like every other week the other one's producing, right? So we don't really know. I think to me, if I'm desperate and I am adding one of those those tight ends, it's probably going to be Will Disley. Um, you know, I, I don't have a strong take on either one, but I just kind of prefer him. And it is worth noting, though, they do take on the Eagles this week, who have been pretty bad. They give up the six most points to tight end. So one of those guys could be viable here in week 12. Love it. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us today on this injury edition of the Ball Blast Football Podcast. I am your host, Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And as always, I'm joined by Betts. Uh, the Matthew Betts. You can follow him on Twitter at the Fantasy PT. Definitely be sure to give him a Twitter follow because you will get live injury analysis in game time. It's amazing. Uh, we we always get the the quickest updates from Betts, uh, and we know what we're in for uh, pretty much instantaneously because this dude is. Uh, can I call you the uh, the Tony Romo of injuries? Is that is that okay? <laughs> is that a is, is that a compliment? <laughs> It is a compliment. He always calls okay, the yes, plays. Yes. He calls then the yes. plays before they happen. So uh, 
everybody give them a follow uh, and check out the injury tracker on bellblessfootball.com. A lot of great stuff there to help you take your team to the fantasy football playoffs. Uh, don't forget myfrontpagestory.com uh, for the best gift you will ever give your parents or any of your loved ones. Uh, that's code BLAST20. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>